Okay, well, welcome to episode one of season seven. Nice to see you, Jack, in person. It's been so long. It has indeed. It's been a long 18 months, Simon. Nice to see your smiley grimacing. I am am smiling today. Are you smiling? I was grimacing during the last season because I was at home. I'm happy to be back in Reform Street. Sun is shining today. Uh Sunday. October. Can't beat it. Mm -hmm. I like that nice stain on your shirt. Yeah. What's that, Jack? It's tea. Okay, <laughs> it's tea. John, you your colleague tonight, today, this yeah. afternoon? I think we should, yeah. So we've got a new guest on the show today, a yeah. brand new colleague, Stephen yeah, yeah, Conley, yeah. has joined the employment team as a partner. Stephen Conley, welcome to the employment team at Blackadders. Thank you, Simon. Thank you, Jack. Delighted your first to be podcast. Here. How yes. exciting. Long time listener, first time contributor. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. John, you want to Jack? Five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> okay, good. Welcome to Black Hour's Employment Team Podcast, where you have your very own employment lawyer in your pocket. This podcast is aimed at managers and business owners and intends to keep you on the street and narrow with your staff. Our employment team has grown since the last podcast, and to reflect that, this new season is all about the newbies. The newbies? You like that? So- the newbies. Stephen, you're the newbie in this scenario. (laughs) Yes, yes, delighted to take on the role. (laughs) And so with that in mind, what we've decided to focus on this season is we're going to look at the ins and outs of a recruitment process and how to integrate new employees into a business. And we'll touch on things from placing job adverts, issuing employment contracts, managing probationary periods and much more. Nice. And the plug, Jack, John, to the plug. Yep. So this episode and this season is brought to you by the podcasthost.com the ultimate how-to podcast resource on the web. They can help you with anything podcast-related, from planning and launching your show, equipment, editing, growing an audience, and even monetizing your show. Check out their free step-by-step guide on how to start your very own podcast, which is available at thepodcasthost.com slash start. Slash start. Okay, so episode one, we're going to talk about recruitment. So Stephen, like to me, what do employers need to know about um, a recruitment process? Well, the, the key thing is to get the best person, of course, isn't it? Yep. You don't want some idiot coming in and ruining your business. Totally. Yeah. But from a legal perspective, there's really two main issues to be aware of. And the first of them, and potentially the, the most risky one for a business, is that the recruitment process is going to be covered by the Equality Act. The Equality Act can cover those who assert they've been discriminated against in the way in which a potential employer recruits. So clearly, tip one is make sure that you do not discriminate or victimise any person in the arrangements you're making for deciding whom to offer employment to, the terms in which you're offering employment, or by not offering someone employment. Nice. That's quite a scary one, I suppose, for businesses and employers to know that they could be liable for discrimination in respect to someone that they've not even employed yet. Totally, totally. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that a lot of people feel that these obligations only arise once someone's formally employed, but these sorts of claims can come in regularly and more, more they're more common than you would think. I mean, to give you an example of that, I recently acted in a claim for an employee who had attended for an interview, disclosed that she was pregnant, and the employer's immediate reaction to that was to end the interview and leave the room and tell her the job wasn't Ouch. for her. Wow, wow, wee wow. Yeah. So thankfully... We weren't acting for the employer in that one because it was it was one that you were you were bound to lose and indeed we brought a claim for that individual uh, and a clear example of pregnancy discrimination. She was successful. 
she was awarded over £5,000 in compensation. And nice. that was in respect of a job that was a part-time national minimum wage job. So wow. it was quite a costly mistake for that's the employer a, there. That's a big one. A, a bitter pill for them to swallow. I don't imagine they did that again in a hurry. How long was the interview, Stephen? I think uh, uh, it was... Less seven minutes. Seven minutes, fifty. Seven five minutes. grand, lovely. So give give the employer some credit. He did wait six minutes before he decided to ask about the bump and, and uh, this employee was, was carrying. <laughs> okay. So how can employers avoid these pitfalls, Stephen? So when it comes to recruitment, the key thing is to have a plan in place and do that in advance. You've got to look at the role that you need to fill and that's got to drive everything that you do from there on. So you've got to consider whether your role is going to be part-time, full-time, is it temporary or permanent, and what skills and experience that will be needed by any individual who you're going to have fill that role. You've got to remember as well that all forms of job advertisement are going to be covered by the Equality Act. And again, as we've, we've mentioned already, you can't discriminate in your arrangements for advertising jobs or by not advertising a job. And you should obviously not discriminate as well in regards to the contents of any job advertisement. Sure. And could you give us any sort of examples of the types of language that you would maybe caution employers not to use, Stephen, in an advert? Yes. Yeah, so there's there's the clear examples about not using inappropriate wording where you're simply stating you want someone with mm -hmm. a protected characteristic. So you, you, you want someone of a particular faith or a particular gender mm -hmm. or a particular age. You need to be careful about the wording you use in an advertisement. Yep. You don't want to use language that on the face of it seems fine, but in actual fact could give rise to indirect discrimination claims. So using words like waitress would indicate you're looking for a female. Yep. Looking for certain years of experience in doing a job, that might give mm -hmm. rise to indirect age discrimination claims. We had a um, client, Jack, phoned us about five years, didn't they? And they said they wanted to do an advert for... Um, uh, two posts and they did the posts as office ninja and compliance warrior. I thought they were quite jazzy. A little bit different, you know, a little bit out there. They're certainly out there, weren't they? <laughs> they were out there. What was your advice then, Jack, to these clients? Well, the advice on that occasion was whilst you might think that we're being killjoys here, we cautioned the client against using those advertisements um, purely because the potential for discrimination, as you mentioned, Stephen, that's usually the main thing in recruitment is discrimination. Yep. So, you know, we thought to ourselves, well, look at Simon's dad. He's ancient. There's no way he can be... <laughs> Poor Robin. Sorry, Dr. Allison, but there's no way... There's no way <laughs> he could be... He'll be nipped a... when he hears this podcast, <laughs> won't he? There's no He's way he ancient. could... He can't be... He, he couldn't meet the ninja requirements, I'm afraid. Unlike Donatello from the, the Turtles, the teenage... He could be a compliance warrior, couldn't he? He's pretty feisty. Well, I think though it's important to emphasise that if you are looking to recruit for a ninja, it's okay <laughs> to use that term. Okay, so ninja mouse can apply. Yes, indeed. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, okay. The other thing that is also something to bear in mind when pulling your advert together is your duties as a road towards disabled employees eh, under the Equality Act. And again, as with recruitment, the duty to make reasonable adjustments would also extend to any recruitment exercise. So you should make sure that no wording in the advert would turn people off from applying because they think that they might not get the job or reasonable adjustments might not be made. Okay. And how can employers deal with obligations to manage the risk of litigation then, Stephen? So 
hopefully you won't find yourself in the wrong end of a claim but if you do what you want to have in place is a clear paper trail to show that you've taken decisions that are reasonable and are all driven by both the nature of the job that you're trying to recruit for and the skill set that you need the person who's going to be appointed to that role to have. Mm -hmm. So the more standardised your process, the better. You know, do you use the same application form? Do you use CVs? So just trying to make sure that you do the same thing for every candidate that applies. And the other thing that can be of value is ensuring that those who are overseeing the recruitment process, A, it's the same person or people who are looking at each job applicant. And then secondly, that they've been trained and are familiar with what's expected of them. Good stuff. And so we've spoken a lot about the Equality Act. Stephen, is there anything else that we would um, suggest employers need to be wary of? Unfortunately for them and for those who are not geeky, yes, they also need to be mindful (laughs) of everybody's favourite, the Data Protection Act, as that will also come into play. Oh no, GDPR. The new GDPR guru in Blackadders is Stephen Connolly. Yes, that's how I spend my Sunday afternoons. <laughs> so I'm going to keep it brief. Please uh, do. I don't want to Thank turn you, everyone Stephen. off from my first appearance. <laughs> Please do. Uh, so obtaining a job applicant's details will see the potential employer uh, acquire and process personal data. So any information that you get from job applicants, you need to ensure compliance with the Data Protection Act. Now, obviously, people will be aware of that, and I'm not going to into details on that today. But the one <laughs> thing that I will emphasise <laughs> is that it would be best practice and very useful to have a distinct privacy notice that you issue to job applicants. Employers should have these in place for their workforce, their employees once they've been formally appointed, but having one for job applicants will also be of extreme value. Good stuff. Oh, still awake? Still awake, Jack. And good good night. (laughs) Okay, so that concludes episode number one of season seven. Um, do you have any takeaway tips for us, Stephen? We expect three to five hundred. Okay, why don't we just stick to three? <laughs> okay, <laughs> Deal. Okay. 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 Tip number one, Stephen. So tip one, make sure you're clear in the job that needs to be filled and what skills and experience are actually and properly required for the successful candidate and plan that in advance. Okay, tip two. Tip two, take extra care when you're drafting your job adverts. Ensure the language used is in keeping with the actual requirements of the job and don't stray beyond that into language or wording that could be discriminatory. Okay, and dip number three. Dip number three, data protection is key, so make sure that you are complying with your obligations in terms of any data that you're asking job applicants to provide you with. Nice, okay. Um, And if you want to follow Stephen, you can follow Stephen on Twitter. His Twitter handle is Stephen. It is at Imp Law Stephen. So E M P L A W S T E P H E N. Great. And Dad, follow Stephen. Um, unfollow Jack or Jack called you ancient. Apologies once again, Dr. Alice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cheers and cheerio. Cheerio. Goodbye.